The opinions expressed in the Brothers on Law Show are for informational purposes only and are not a substitute for personal professional legal advice. Thanks for tuning in to Brothers on Law on Go Country 105. I'm Larry Mandel. And I'm Rob Mandel. And we've been trial attorneys here in Los Angeles for over 40 years. On our show, we will discuss current events, talk about legal issues, and have some very entertaining guests stop by. So stay tuned every week for Brothers on Law right here on Go Country 105. Welcome back to another episode of Brothers on Law. I'm Larry Mandel. And I'm Rob Mandel. Hey, Rob, we want to give a big thank you to Mortgage Mom for all her valuable information. We love following her. We sure do. And before we welcome our guests today, we've been asking our listeners to call in, nominate someone who's going above and beyond during the coronavirus uh, crisis. And we've got this tremendous response, right, Larry? Oh, yeah. Right. And uh, producer Cam, you have a message for us that you're going to play from someone who's nominating someone in the community. Right. right. We, so let's take a listen. Well, Rob, but we also want to present a little uh, token of our gratitude for that nomination. All right. We're going to do a token of gratitude as well. Go. I'm calling to nominate Kenny Lambright from Patriot and Pause. They are a fabulous organization that provides uh, furniture and all sorts of resources for veterans. This woman works tirelessly for the community, for our veterans, and she really needs support and a shout out. She's fabulous. She's a one woman dynamo. This, and I'm calling about Patriot and Pause. Any kind of grants or financial aid to help her, to help all these vets, would be absolutely wonderful. Thank you for your service and and this kind thing that you're doing. Take care. Bye. All right. All right. All so, right. Uh, Penny, and Pause. Patriot from Penny, Penny from Patriot and Paws is on the line, right, Cam? Yep. I have Penny from Patriot and Paws on the line. Hey, Penny. Hey, guys. How are you? We're doing well. How you doing? Good. Just taking care of our veterans. There All you go. right. Thank you, Penny. Well, we appreciate that. And so it's, I guess it's a, even more challenging to do that uh, during this uh, coronavirus thing, right? Well, we have not closed down at all. It's too important that those that provide us our freedom uh, are able to have things in their home that give them hope and dignity, and especially being on lockdown. We can't let them be sitting in empty apartments with nothing. So we have not closed down during any of this time. We've continued to serve our veterans, active military and reservists. Wonderful. And when you present pause, that's talking about our dogs and dogs with our veterans. Is that right? That's one of the things that we do. We focus on our provisions for Patriots program. The pause part has changed a little bit because as of the first of the year, there's a new law that has gone into effect that, a veteran can go to a county shelter and get an animal at no cost. And then we refer them to agencies to get them trained. So our focus has changed a little bit because of that new law. All right. Well, we do want to thank you on the air and elsewise for uh, doing what you do, especially yeah. during this challenging time. So 
what we're going to do is send you a whole bunch of uh, certificates that you can use at a Ralph's grocery store. And Ralph's has helped us out with this as well. And uh, you can hand those out to your veterans or, or buy the, the things directly for your veterans or do it, what you need to do with that. How's that sound? That's awesome. We'll make sure they get into the hands of our veterans, active military and reservists, because they truly are, are, you know, in need at times where just basic things like food is important to them. So that will be a tremendous help. And we appreciate you guys and your willingness to do this. Here you go, Penny. Thank you for what you do. And right. thank you we to appreciate all our veterans that. too. Thank you, sir. All right. Penny from Patriot and Paws one of the outstanding citizens doing well in our community during this challenging time. That's right. One of our heroes. All right. Rob. So Larry. Yeah. So today today, you do it, Rob, you have the honor of introducing our very special guest. Go for it. Okay. Well, we do have a very special guest today. Uh, He's a fellow attorney. He's a good buddy of ours. His name is uh, Jim D. Simone. He's been a civil rights and employment lawyer here in L.A. since 1985. Welcome, Jim DeSimone. Thanks so much for having me on the show. So uh, just give us a little rundown of what you do, because, you know, civil rights, we all uh, uh, cherish our civil rights. And uh, but sometimes they're not honored. And that's when a guy like you steps in, I take it. Well, that's right. As a civil rights lawyer, we protect individuals whose rights have been abused either by the government or by a large company, and we seek to vindicate those rights in in court. And that could take a couple of different turns. For uh, over 30 years, I've been representing individuals who have been victimized by police misconduct, police brutality, sometimes government overreach. And in addition to that, employment law, the right to be free, from harassment or discrimination in employment, that's declared by our California legislature to be a civil right. It is one of our civil rights to have discrimination-free employment. So uh, we represent individuals who have been harassed and discriminated against in, in employment as well. So Jim, and in light of the current protest and things of that nature, you're getting busy, aren't you? I'm getting a lot of calls. Um, the Irony is that you had so many people take to the streets. I mean, literally tens of thousands, maybe even when you add them all up, hundreds of thousands here in Los Angeles. Um, Most of them, most of them there to peaceably protest in support of Black Lives Matter and against the uh, murder of individuals like George Floyd and Breonna Taylor. And what we found is that the LAPD made the same choices that they made in the past to meet even the peaceful protests with some very violent and brutal conduct that um, really ended up uh, hurting people. And so when those people get hurt, um, lots of them find their way to calling me. And can you tell us, like, give us an example of, you know, how uh, some of these officers may have overreached and hurt people? Well, they really fall into two main categories. I mean, one, You have uh, areas where people were peacefully protesting, putting their hands up, you know, hands up, don't shoot is one cry. Uh, Black Lives Matter. And I've had individuals, several, who say they were even trying to let police officers know we're we're peaceful. We're, We're, 
you know, we're, we're not going to do anything. We're peaceful. And then get targeted by getting shot in the face with rubber bullets. I spoke with a young girl yesterday, 25 years old. She, her nose is fractured. She's got to have, you know, facial reconstruction. Spoke with another young man who got out of his car, had his hands up and got shot in the eye. He has two broken bones under his eye. Another woman got shot at such close range with a rubber bullet that it, the rubber bullets embedded into her stomach and they don't want to take it out, you know, so she's got to live the rest of her life maybe with this uh, shrapnel, so to speak. And, you know, the, sh the use of rubber bullets shooting indiscriminately into a crowd, it, it's just excessive and it shouldn't have been done. And there are just, there, there are literally, I'm afraid, um, you know, perhaps hundreds of people who have been victimized by that. We're Larry and Rob Mandel, the brothers-in-law, here on Go Country 105. Do you have a legal issue you need help with? We want to hear from you. Find us on Instagram and send us a message. Then tune in on Saturdays at 8 a.m. right here on Go Country 105. Do you need help feeding your family right now? We all know that schools are closed, and some kids rely on free or reduced price meals at school. Visit fns.usda.gov slash meals for kids to find a grab-and-go meal center near you. They are offering two grab-and-go meals for kids. Again, please visit www.fns.usda.gov slash meals for kids. Four is the number four. And let's make sure all the kids are fed. What is the protocol for using rubber bullets? Well, it should be to when you identify a threat. If someone in a crowd is acting hostily, let's say they're throwing bottles or that person is throwing rocks and you have a, um, a, a visual on that person, I mean, they're trained to shoot those guns accurately. You could take a person like that out who is doing, doing something like that. But I don't know why, because this has been adjudicated before, but for some reason, the LAPD, instead of honoring the right to peaceful protest, Remember, we, we as United States citizens have a First Amendment right, and all of our amendments are important, but a First Amendment right to peaceably assemble, to redress the government uh, for our grievances, to speak for free speech. And police officers should be out there protecting those people for, to exercise their free speech instead of treating them as, as a hostile enemy. I mean, that being said, I'll tell you, the people who were taking advantage of this situation, the opportunists who were coming down in these nice cars and looting, I mean, arrest them, go after those guys, you know, and no, no one's saying that, you know, anyone should be hurt or injured as a result of protest. I mean, there is obviously you need some police work here to protect us from those people, but the police should just not be targeting. I, they're targeting journalists in some instance. So, Jim, I, I have a question on that, though, because that is the, the flip side of the, the coin is maybe these cops and I'm just just plain devil's advocate are in a position where they can't tell from, you know, who's the peaceful ones and who's not the peaceful ones. And maybe the the people who are doing damage are interspersed with the peaceful ones. And that's how innocent people get targeted with these rubber bullets and whatnot. I mean, is that not a possible scenario? I, 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 I think that that's what they'll say, but I don't think that's fair when you look at the situation. People who are in people who are in the middle of a street aren't looting a store. Well, that's true. <laughs> I mean, they're just not. 
And, um, you know, so to say that, um, you know, those individuals, you know, and that the solution then is just, well, let's just shoot into the crowd and whoever we hit and wherever we hit, we hit. You could kill someone. Now, there true. was a young man up in, in San Jose who was trying to create peace with the officers. You know, they shot him right in the testicles. I mean, he, you know, he just got married, wants to have a family. and He's never able to have kids again. So I, I think that there's, you know, I, I know that so often we, we want a professional police department that protects and serves us. And we want to give those officers the benefit of the doubt because, you know, God knows it's a tough job, right? I mean, no one's underestimating how difficult it is for individuals to be a police officer and, and go out every day. And in some way they, they, they do risk their lives. But that being said, they need to um, respect and protect the community. The way in which those protesters were treated by law enforcement, they were seen as the hostile enemy. Yeah. And I'll give you another example. Case we filed today, we had a press conference. We had all the news stations there. Laura Montilla, she um, Laura uh, really captured the imagination of the nation when she put into um, she was USC graduate, uh, put in storyboard form uh, what occurred to her. Now she was out there peaceably protesting. She didn't want to get arrested. Five plus hours in painful handcuffs, causing nerve damage. Any move she makes is inflicting more pain on her. They put all these women in a darkened bus in a cage with nobody supervising. Women were having panic attacks. Women were urinating on themselves. Women were calling out and, and crying. And when that occurred, an officer came in and just blasted the music to drown out those cries. That's cruel. That, that is, is cruel. cruelty to another human being. And, we, and we, we're better than that. We're, the irony is they're out there protesting police brutality and they're met with brutal tactics for exercising a right that our founding fathers gave us in the Constitution. So what are some of the you talked about solutions? What are some of the solutions? And with that in mind, we talk about defunding. And what does that really mean? Well, on, on, on a, there's there's a defunding the police is not abolishing the police. And so um, well, maybe it's funny, a poor, cho poor choice of words then, because it, it, automatically it, 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 it to, to most people, it means, oh, my God, we're going to take away all money from all to police departments. And that's kind of a radical notion. Yeah. We, we can't do that. I don't think no one's calling for that. I mean, you know, I mean, it, it you know, it, it really um, is something where, look, you know, I, I'm a home, homeowner. I, I want to be, feel secure in my house if someone's coming in and breaking into my house and I call the police. But defunding the police is really, and, and, and I agree, it's pro there's probably a better way to, to put it. I mean, it really is, and it's not as maybe, you know, it's harder to hashtag this, but it's yeah. redistributing uh, some of the funds that are going to police agencies and also, you know, going to our mass incarceration system. I mean, I don't think you can do this just on a city of LA basis. I think it has to be done in a, in a global approach because how much are we spending on being the largest um, amount of people in the world by far take it to position, you know, in, into account our population. We put more people in prison and jail than any country in the world. And the vast majority of those people that we put in are black and brown individuals. They're just disproportionately represented in those jails. We gave up on rehabilitation in the 70s. I remember when I was in high school researching all these different ways that you could actually like have a rehabilitation where people are then, um, there's a pathway for them to get reinvigorated um, into the community. We've given yeah. up on that. We write these people off. So if you took those funds 
and move them over to social services, to mental health, it would make the police officer's job easier. And then they could be what we really want them for, which is to protect us from the really bad people out there. Yeah. And I think that that is the crucial uh, debate is, okay, maybe we need to rethink what we've done over the last 40, 50 years when we closed all the mental hospitals and we diverted funds that used to go to rehabilitation to just more uh, police and even militarizing the police. And, and, and so the words defund the police really are a metaphor in a sense, or just a, a symbol of rethinking that whole uh, uh, movement and going back to perhaps a um, uh, spending money on prevention and spending money on uh, putting into the communities so that um, crime is uh, not as rampant. Well, well, that's right. I mean, you, you have, say, people who are having a mental health crisis. And if the first person who shows up at the door are police officers who are, you know, whatever day they've had are not somebody necessarily who's going to want to talk somebody down, that doesn't mean, it, and instead you had people who are trained to handle someone who's having a mental health crisis. Look, if it goes into a situation where there's actually danger, then, of course, you want to have the option to call the police for backup. But I'll, I'll give you an example. I represented the, the family of Bartholomew Williams, who was a graduate student at Cal State San Bernardino. He was having a mental health crisis. He was decompensated. No, not threatening. Three, UC, uh, I'm sorry, Cal State police show up at his campus housing. They say, we're going to take you get help. And he's like, can I get my shoes? No, you can't get your shoes. We're going to handcuff you. And as soon as they started that, he they say he stiffened. They start hitting him with batons. Mm. Well, by the end, he's trying to get away with them with one handcuff on, and he gets shot and killed in front of his dorm room. I mean, and dies. Jeez. And and so here you have a situation where he he actually called his mom for help. He acknowledged he needed help. At young African-American man with a lot of promise. He just happened to have a mental illness and wasn't taking all of his medication, but he shouldn't have had to pay with for that with his life. So if, if you had people who were showing up at his door who could speak with him and were trained to speak with him, you're going to have a lot better outcome. They say one in four individuals who are shot and killed by the police are mentally ill. Yeah. Wow. And Jim, you know, there's a program in Eugene, Oregon called CAHOOTS. And it stands for Crisis Assistance Helping Out. And apparently that's been a successful program. Do you know about that? Yeah, absolutely. It's been written about recently. It really serves as the model for how things could be done in Los Angeles because the cost is not that expensive. And it actually frees up police officers from having to attend to these calls. And so you're, you know, it, it, it makes the jobs of police officers Easy. I mean, a police officer is in a marriage counselor. You know, if people are having, you know, you know, you 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 live in an apartment complex and you hear two people fighting and 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 screaming at each other. You know, what are you gonna do? You know, somebody calls the cops. Well, you know, okay, they're disturbing the peace, but do you really need a police response on that, or do you, you know, is it better to say you'd have somebody, you know, show up who can help and say, well, this is one way to go. We're here to help you, and we'd rather not get the police involved. Nine times out of 10, you're not going to have to call the police on those calls. And so when you defund 
the police or redistribute some monies that have been traditionally going, at least for the last few decades, to police. You're putting it into programs like that. And someone can has, you know, if they hear people going at it, they can call someone like that or the police can send someone like that. Well, I think you'd have. Yeah, I think you'd have different call numbers and, you know, that and obviously you'd have to have a different training and dispatch 911. Maybe we have a different number for those calls. Maybe we still use the 911 system. Um, but absolutely, you'd have you, you, you. The first line of defense would be individuals who are trained in order to provide uh, assistance rather than provide um, an armed response. We're Larry and Rob Mandel, the brothers-in-law, here on Go Country 105. Do you have a legal issue you need help with? We want to hear from you. Find us on Instagram and send us a message. Then tune in on Saturdays at 8 a.m. right here on Go Country 105. From all of us on the Brothers on Law Show, we want to give a big thank you to these sponsors who we've partnered with to help honor our local heroes and groups for going above and beyond for their community. We'd like to thank Ralph's, Whole Foods, Target, and Chipotle. Thank you for all you do in our community. So really defunding is talking about maybe transferring some of these funds for more of a mental health or societal type of approach rather than just force. That's that that's absolutely the, uh, the the plan. I mean, you see the city of Los Angeles looking at this already. I mean, the people's budget was presented. City council is is looking at it because they know because what's the flip side? You know, when we're dealing with money, I, I talked to you a little bit about the way we dealt with protesters at in this particular situation. Well, over the years, the city of Los Angeles has paid millions and millions of dollars to protesters who have been abused, hundreds of millions of dollars in police misconduct cases. Um, if I never have another police shooting case, I'm good. <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, you know, we we I mean, I've got I, I, I've been representing all these protesters. But in the past uh, three weeks, I'm also representing two families who lost loved ones at the hand. One who was shot up in Palmdale by L.A. County sheriffs fleeing. Okay, should not run from the police. We know, but gets out with his hands up. Police are upset. Eyewitnesses say they shot him with his hands up. Um, Another situation where a man was walking on a bridge and they shot him with rubber billets and he fell off the bridge. Um, You know, maybe he wasn't complying with commands. We don't know yet, but to pay for it with your life. And then at the end of the day, it it cost all of us as taxpayers. Right. Dollars, so we shouldn't be afraid of these things. So I really think that we, as a community, need to be open to alternatives because we want better results. We don't want people to die, and we also want to live in a society where so many people aren't afraid of the police. And I think that when right. we look at when we look at Black Lives Matter, and and you know, it really is the perception and the reality of Black men and women in Los Angeles that they are treated and, and throughout the country that they are pulled over far more often. They are, they are treated differently. And you look at all these different situations. And or then, more likely to be harmed in the arrest process. 2.8 times more African-American men get shot by population than, than, than white men. And then you look at, you know, as lawyers, we're, you know, we, we take a case by case basis, right? Each case is different. We can say George Floyd, nine minutes on a neck. Okay, that is wrong. That is killing. And I believe that the shooting 
of Richard Brooks is equally wrong, but of course it's a different situation where someone's running away, but with a taser in their hand, right? There's right. a, you know, we, I think we, as a civil rights lawyer, I'd have to acknowledge, well, there's a little bit more of a gray area. And yet if we took a step back from the Brooks situation, um, what was the rush? Why That's did they true. have to kill him? He's running away. They, they have know, his driver's license and his car. Yeah. Where's this guy going to hide? Right, they Jim? Know he lives. Back up. Same with Brandon Glenn. You know, I represent the family of Brandon Glenn who was shot and killed in Venice. You know, the guy just sort of pushes himself up. The cop backs up two steps and just takes out his gun and shoots him in the back. That's why Chief Beck called for that officer to be prosecuted. But I but, mean, I mean, the, the other side of the coin is, Jim, and I hate to interrupt, but, but. No, go ahead. Is, you know. Your show. I mean, and, I, and I, there is personal responsibility, right? I mean, if you're having an interaction with police and you start to resist arrest or fleeing or doing something stupid, I mean, the chances are you're going to get hurt. And now I understand, okay, you shouldn't have to, you shouldn't die or they shouldn't hurt you more than they need to, to get you under control. But there is that. And I think it rubs a lot of people the wrong, the, the wrong way you know, that people who are resisting arrest are the very ones who are complaining that they got hurt or their families are complaining that they got hurt. I mean, so what do you say to that? And now they're suing for money. Right. Well, you have to look at what the underlying motivation of that resistance and what was happening. I mean, we, you know, uh, you know, we don't see much of a resistance in arrest of, for, for George Floyd, for instance, the, the Brooks situation is totally different. But you're absolutely right. What do I advise people to do when they come into contact with police officer? Be polite. Answer their questions. Show your hands. You know, don't make their job any tougher than it has to be. You, we, we might have the right to, you know, curse at a police officer, right? I mean, theoretically, under the Constitution, we can. But why? But don't would, do it. <laughs> why would you? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it, so, you know, I, I understand that, you know, I, I, and, and yes, there's personal responsibility. On the other hand, when you're dealing with issues like mental illness, um, there's, you know, an understanding that the, the individuals don't always make rational decisions. So, the police are the ones with the jobs to protect us. And in order to make us all safer, we want a professional police force that's not going to overstep their bounds so we all can have confidence in our police. Well stated. Because when you're into that, under that kind of pressure, you know, you can snap and it, it's unfortunate. Yeah, which you means more training, don't you think? Right. Uh, you know, more professional training. Or screening, screening yeah. of the personality types, you know, because... If you got a hothead, you know, there's, uh, I don't know if you can train the hotheadedness out of someone, well, you know. Right. Well, you, and that's the thing. You should really be looking into the background, psychological background. And, and I'm going to be honest with you. I, 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 didn't, I think we should be looking at people. You, if you're a white supremacist and you identify as a white supremacist, you shouldn't be a police officer who is there to help all of our communities. Right. And you have strains of white supremacists in police forces. I mean, you know how it goes. How many times do we go into court and have a judge treat us? I mean, it happens rudely, belittling. Yeah. We, we, what do we have to do? We have to figure out how do we navigate this situation, even though we'd like to say, you know, you know what, Your Honor? Yeah. Try a kite, buddy. We have to be professional because our clients' interests at stake. So in the same way, when the police confront individuals, who are not cooperative, they, if, if their response is one of the hothead, 
and somebody who's just going to get revenge because someone else has mistreated them, they they need to have more restraint as a police officer. They right. they should not be police officers. They right don't on. Have temperament. Yeah, you know so, what? Uh, to wrap it up. Yeah. We hate, got to, hate to say it because we could do this all day. Yeah. It's incredible. And, and, you know, shedding some light on these complicated issues, you know, how can your our listeners get a hold of you, Jim? Well, the best way, my email, vjdsimone at gmail.com. But my phone number, 310-693-5561. And if you want to read about the groundbreaking work we've done, vjamesdsimonelaw.com. I've been doing this for 30 years. I've had some great precedent setting cases, and I'm still passionate about helping people. And that's really the bottom line. I've got a great team, and we're there to when people call uh, to do our best. If we can help them, you're going to have somebody in your corner. Thank you, Jim. Larry and Rob, I really appreciate being on the show. Thank you. That was fun. You got it. And, you know, if you've missed any part of this show or you'd like to hear us on previous shows, go to YouTube, brothersonlaw.com, or you can listen to us on iTunes and Podbean. And if you have a legal question or a show topic, call us and leave a message at 1-800-310-7113. That's 1-800-310-7113. And a big thank you to all our listeners. And please stay safe out there. We look forward to being here next week on Saturday at 8 a.m. on Go Country 105. And remember, let the scales of justice tip in your favor. The opinions expressed in the Brothers on Law show are for informational purposes only and are not a substitute for personal professional legal advice.